Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome. Better late than never. The latest episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. And I'm the conquistador, Dave Height, playing Mr. Plumber last night with the leaky washer, trying to figure that crap out. Home ownership is wonderful, kids. Yeah, note sarcasm. Um, so, taping here on the 18th of August, 2022. Normally, we would have had this out to you already, so it's going to be about 18 hours, 15 to 18 hours later than normal, so check out the bonus episode I put up for you people. It's a bridge. To keep you satisfied, to give you a little appetizer, so you knew that we hadn't forgotten. Thanks for nothing, but thanks for listening to this. That's right. We appreciate it. Uh, for one of the last times in 2022, it seems like we've been saying this for the last month, but we're going to lead off with baseball. Yep. It's winding down as the lead, in the leadoff spot. A couple more weeks, it's going to be all football, football, football. But as we watch the wild card races develop, teams rise and fall. Mostly fall after a brief little blip of a rise. Huh. <sighs> Can you tell Dave's a White Sox fan? Oh, my God. <laughs> what was the final score today? 21-5. to five. Giolito got chased early after giving up five, and then the bullpen floodgates opened up from there. But you won the first two games. Now, we're talking about the White Sox. And the Astros. Big series against the Astros here. Yeah. and But, boy, that's not the way you want to lose that third game after winning the first two. Well, we took the first two, lost the third, and then it got destroyed in the fourth. Oh, that's right. Now, see, I'm screwed up. I'm screwed up because I'm thinking it's Wednesday. That's right. So, so they, uh, it's just bad. And they had their meeting with the players and the manager about their cockiness coming into the season, thinking it would be a cakewalk. And they are just an underperforming bunch of mediocre misfits right now. They can't find any consistency. Injuries have been there, but everybody has to deal with them. And it all centers on your leadership, the skipper in the dugout. Sleepy Tony has a sleepy team. Now, have you heard the stories from the other night about the fan who told him to pinch run Angle? <laughs> no. Yelling at yelling from one of the, the, the first rows behind the dugout yelling, La Russa, you got a pinch run angle. La Russa goes out 30 seconds later and puts, puts an, an angle. angle's a pinch runner. But, of course, in the post-game press conference, La Russa says, no, I was going out to do that anyway, but if you want to make that fan feel better, go ahead and say it was his idea. <laughs> yeah, Tony, you need all the help you can get. Hell, half the time, your post-game press conferences, nobody can understand a word you're saying. Sounds like you're drunk slurring it's through past everything. It's his bedtime. My God, <laughs> it's painful. Well, again, I still think somehow, someway, you guys are going to figure out a way to pull this out and win the uh. division. Now, I don't know if there's a future beyond that for the White Sox, but the way the Yankees are playing, it's not even, it's going to be a one and done if we happen to squeak in. And I don't think Elvis Andrews coming in to help at shortstop is the answer. Oh, okay. Breaking news for me. I did not know that. I knew he yep. got cut. 
Yeah, he got cut by the A's, and the Sox picked him up to help out because, of course, Anderson's gone for a while. Leary Garcia is now on the 10-day IL, and the rookie they brought up, Sosa, has been doing nothing. So another veteran presence in the infield. Can't hurt. Yep, of course, your White Sox, as of Thursday, not Wednesday. As of I got the it, blowout. I got it right now. 61 and 58. Hey, we're place, over 500. Woohoo. Third place in the AL Central, two and a half behind Cleveland. Waiting to see what happens there. Now, do you know anything about this story I saw the other day where the White Sox are getting involved with this NIL initiative? I for heard a something bunch about of college it. athletes, but it's it's athletes in all different sports. It's male male athletes, female athletes, swimmers. I, mean, I haven't looked that deep into it. I just briefly heard something about it today. I, I don't understand. Unless it's they're looking at it as some kind of a community service type of thing. It could be Maybe that they're kind of helping out. A mentorship out, program. Something like that. Or just a little bit of extra kick for those people players who aren't bringing in that much or don't have the big scholarship money. But again, it's not the, the vast majority of the players that I saw listed in terms of who's involved initially here are not baseball players. No, so, I think it's it might be part of their community outreach thing. There you go. All right, so going back to Elvis Andrus, as we switch over to my team, the Cubs, who are 50 and 67. They are also in third place. But of course, they're 16 games behind <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals. And they've been beating up on the likes of the Reds and the Nationals over the last week and a half. So they're making David Ross look a lot better than he really is. But the Cubs made a similar move, like the White Sox did with Elvis Andrus. They brought in Fran Mil Reyes. Yeah. from the Indians last week. And he's actually been playing pretty well for the Cubs over the last seven to ten days since they got him. Their change of scenery might have been what he needed. And I believe they still will have control over him at least through next year. So that might end up being a nice that little might not decent be bad. pickup. Yeah. Um, of course, everything good happens on Thursday. So we have stuff coming up that broke today that we normally wouldn't be able to report on. But, of course, last week when I did the solo sports frenzy, Thursday night was the Field of Dreams game. Of course, one of yeah. the worst <laughs> matchups you could possibly have for the Field of Dreams game was the Cubs and the Reds. Who thought that even sounded good on paper to begin with? Well, I think they're trying to go with old school teams. They're not going to put the Marlins versus the Rays in the Field of Dreams game. They're trying to get more of the original group of teams to participate. Yeah, but still, you knew what they were going to be this year. Why wouldn't you give us a better pairing? Well, and we found out right around the time they played the game, that there is not going to be a 2023 Field of Dreams no. game, at least not at that Iowa field. Right, because they're doing some renovating to it already, trying to do some different things with it. Right. 
So in terms of, I did not watch it. I know, terrible Cubs fan that I am. But I did see, yes, I did see the clip of the Harry Carey hologram. Oh my God, that was frighteningly bad. I don't know what to make of this stuff. I, I don't know what to make of it. Now there's news out there that Paul McCartney has been performing with a hologram or a video of John Lennon. And when this stuff first popped up, what, a decade or two ago? I think most of us were like, let's hope this is a fad, a trend that just goes away quickly. And yeah. boy, it's just like a, a fungus that won't go away. Yeah, we'll get to Fernando Tatis in a minute. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But hey, wasn't it one of our favorite shows, Brockmeyer, who took the uh, whole hologram experience to another level? <laughs> oh, one of those <laughs> With shows. Mr. Megorium's but masturbatorium. <laughs> <laughs> one of those shows I miss so much. So so much. Oh, yep. Now, of course, I think this is like a trial, possibly audition thing. But for two series coming up here in the next month, Joe Girardi will be in the TV booth. Interesting. It's going to be a three-man booth. So, of course, he'll be color man along with Jim Deshays. Uh, again, I am not getting Comcast just to get <laughs> the Marquee Network. And if you listen to the bonus edition, you'll hear my ranting and raving about Sinclair Net Sinclair Broadcast Group's news about the networks that they finally have finalized and are dropping next month. Right at the end of the baseball season, by the way, which is brilliant. Well, Absolutely yeah, brilliant. You know. But yeah. Idiots that they are. We've been talking about it for months and months. Twenty dollars a month for all these local markets to access their Baseball teams, hockey teams, basketball teams. It's all a bunch of crap. Because Sinclair won't work with anybody. Greedy bastards. Like Hulu Live TV, YouTube TV, they won't work with any of them. Ugh, that's ridiculous. So, Dude. yes, I did mention Fungus and Fernando Tatis. Of course, again, a few days back, <laughs> but... He's got his money. He's been paid. He, he got, got one of those paid. lucrative deals for a young player where these teams are trying to lock up these stud young players. And he, they went a little overboard with him. And, of course, he had the issue getting hurt with the motorcycle. Oh, but his dad said it wasn't a motorcycle accident. And now he has been suspended 80 games for PED use or even if he didn't use quote-unquote PEDs. He still used a banned substance. tested for a banned substance. Oh, but according to his dad, it was to cure up a fungal infection. From a haircut. Bullshit. It was ringworm. Right. And his dad is also out there saying, the Padres are trying to quote-unquote destroy my son's image. I think you're doing a good enough job of that on your own, Papa Tatis. There are rumors that he misread the label or misread, you know, when they told him what they were going to use. The stuff trophobal, I guess, is what he tested Whatever. for that set off the bells and the whistles. 
Yeah, that little bit wasn't going to spike a test like that. The levels that they're testing for, sorry, I'm not buying this clearing up an infection thing. No, no, most people aren't. Most people are, again, calling bullshit, just like we do most of the time when somebody tests positive for performance-enhancing drugs and come up with the my, the dog-ate-my-homework kind of excuse. Yeah, the lamest-ass thing ever. Now, I will give kudos to the Padres. Maybe, maybe Senior's right, because not only are the players coming out and talking about how Junior's got to grow up, Junior's got to get his head on straight because now this is two strikes, basically. Yeah, his teammates are not happy with him at all. And the organization is so upset with him. And I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. I would have saved it for the dumbass segment (laughs) if it was. They canceled Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead night at Petco Park. (laughs) Good. So they are trying to distance themselves as much as possible right now from their young $300 million superstar. Yeah, who's looking like a complete whack job head case. Ugh, not good. The Texas Rangers are blowing Oof, shit up. God, they are clearing everybody out. Fired their president, Daniels, today. John Daniels is gone. A Everybody's days ago, gone. A couple days ago, it was the manager. Chris Woodward. Now, I will say this. I wasn't a big fan of their off-season spending spree. It why was do you, poorly why do you done. spend so much money on two shortstops? Yeah, it, it was kind of stupid. They spent so much money on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Yeah, I, was, I think I would have. I would one or the other, and then you would have had the gone money with Seager to go elsewhere, get some pitching, get some help. In other places. Yeah. So, again, Chris Woodward is probably paying the price. For Daniel's mistake. Yeah. So we will see what happens with the Texas Rangers here in the future. Yeah, and they didn't have much hope for this season, unlike the Sox. And we still have our stupid-ass manager that hasn't been fired. They're not going to fire him. You know they're going to let... Somehow let him bow out gracefully. Oh, God. (laughs) This season cannot end soon enough. Get him the hell out. We were talking about how Fernando Tatis Jr., young player, got locked up to a long-term deal. Now, it was extravagant. It's a big risk, as we're seeing now. The Padres took a huge risk with him. The Braves are the team that's really locking up everybody long-term. Yeah. At reasonable amounts. Young outfielder Mike, Michael Harris the second, 21 years old, gets an eight-year, $72 million extension. Team options for, get this kids, 2031 and 2032. <laughs> That's how much control they have over this young kid. Yep. Well, Sox did that, wrapping up Luis Robert. Eloy Jimenez, they got a deal like that with Moncada early on. They're not paying out the nose. 
So yeah, there is a little bit of risk now. I know it's it's mad money, it's silly money, it's stupid money, as Dave and I always say. But a seventy-two million dollar investment for the Braves in Michael Harris the second is a lot better, a lot less risky to me than a three hundred million dollar deal for anybody. Yes, Mister Tatis. Yes, as San Diego is finding out. So. I'm just wondering, and of course, we haven't even mentioned Tampa Bay with Wander Franco, and of course, he's been injured a a bunch this year, the better part of this season. So again, there is risk involved here, but if you get to these players early enough and their agent will work with you, and you can get them in under $100 and lock them up like, like here with Harris for the next decade, then you're gold. And again, it's, it's still been, generational wealth these guys are getting. It's not like they're yeah. getting $10 and a free meal at Hardee's. Right. They're still getting paid. They're just not getting paid the stupid money. Right. That's going to bankrupt fans trying to go to a game with their family. Absolutely. My final point on baseball this week. Now, I got to go back to August the 10th for this, but this This is impressive. Now, it's minor league baseball. The Cardinals minor league affiliate in Springfield. Chandler Redmond, on August the 10th, didn't just hit for the cycle. He hit for the home run cycle. He hit (laughs) solo shot, two-run shot, three-run shot, Grand slam. slam. And he did Damn. it all, I believe. I believe he did it all after the third inning. Damn. I think he was 0 for 2 to start the game out. Or he didn't have the home runs until later on in the game. Wow. Obviously, it was a route. Yeah. And here's the thing that blows me away. That's now, of course, insane. It's never been done in the majors. Never been done in Major League Baseball. It was done in the minors before in 1998. This is the second time. The second time the home run cycle's been hit in the minors. Yeah. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. That's crazy. Yeah. But this is impressive. This That's... this could go down to me personally as the most impressive feat I've ever heard of in baseball. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Back to back no hitter would be close. Yeah. But but this and you're you're facing different pitchers. You would assume, yeah. With a situation like that. And I don't think, from what I heard, I don't think the other manager went, you know, like we're seeing a lot now where you put a position position player, player, right, to pitch. But, yeah, congratulations nicely to Chandler Redmond. That's way to go, kid. All right, moving on. Let's move on. To the NBA. To the NBA. Once again, another league that just doesn't understand you have got to find a way to honor your greatest players before they die. The NBA comes out, the NBA comes out and permanently retires number six, Bill Russell for all teams. Again, what would have been nice to do it while he was alive. Why did it take so damn long? Is it the right move? Of course it's the right move. It's just like with baseball and Jackie Robinson. It's obviously the right move. But again, do it 
before the athlete dies. This post as much as you all hate Pete Rose, put him in the Hall of Fame before he dies. I don't care if you think he's a scumbag, pedophile, gambling degenerate. He is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, pure hitters of all time and should be in the Hall of Fame. For what he did on the field, you have to put him in there. And he did it without steroids. Of course, the other big headline in the NBA this week. Our best friend here on Sports Frenzy. (laughs) Yes, he's going to be here side by side with Dave and I, right in between us when he retires from basketball. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I forgot. He's probably going to be in between Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi (laughs) on the plane of doom. (laughs) I got mixed up. Sorry, kids. Like I said, I forgot. It's Thursday, not Wednesday. We're all out of whack here. (laughs) Now, LeBron James gets a two-year, $97 million extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. Ensuring that they still have no money to try and bring anybody else in to try and get younger and better. And, of course, this makes history because... Now he becomes the all-time leading NBA player in money earned playing basketball at over $500 million. Now I told Dave... A lot of the the LinkedIn stories that I saw. Um, initially, you know, you click, you read this, blah blah blah. Ninety-seven million, two years. Of course, at some point, he's gonna blackmail the Lakers into figuring out a way to draft Bronny so they can play <laughs> together. Because we know LeBron has stated this is a goal. He wants to play at least a season with this kid. But, but the other thing that was funny about a lot of these linked stories was. Everybody's saying, still not going to get him a championship with the Lakers. Lakers are still not going to win a championship. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) College basketball. One uh, little tidbit to hit here. And, again, uh, we've talked about it. We do our March Madness brackets. We have our contest every year. Frenzy Madness. Yep. But I I remember when I was in my 20s, I would watch college basketball religiously. You know, I knew the players on all the major schools. And, of course, that's gone by the wayside. Because now the one and done. The one and done's are ruining college basketball. So one of the few names, of course, (laughs) coaching-wise, that we still know, it's basically a lifetime contract. It's called a five-year rollover deal. <laughs> $6.2 a year for Mr. Tom Izzo at Michigan State. <sighs> I can see it. Um, I've always thought he's a very good coach. He's not, not a great, great coach. He's... As, as much as we railed on Mike Krzyzewski over the last few years, of his tenure at Duke and how we started to see the cracks and how we started to see that the the program wasn't as pure and wonderful as everybody thought it was. He's still a legendary coach, right? He's still a great coach. Izzo is a very good, coach. very good coach. Yes. He is not in that upper echelon because like I said, Dave and I always 
fill out brackets every year. So we do pay attention once the tournament rolls around. And it seems like Michigan State is one of those teams that always underachieves. Every time. Six years out of seven. They'll have that one year where they actually get to the Elite Eight. And it's usually a year where they're not expected to do anything. Right, right. But when they have everybody and they're supposed to make the big run to the Final Four, they crap the bed. Yeah. And he's not the only one. There's no, a lot there's, of big-name coaches out there out that do there. that. Coach K did that more often than right. not. But when you've got one of those top ten coaches, you pretty much are going to have to lock him up. Yeah. I'm expecting uh, Notre Dame to give Mike Burry a 20-year extension God. soon. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Of course, we no, joke they about, would because we joke about Notre Dame because that's nearby where we tape this wondrous podcast each and every week. <sighs> yeah, just give them a little bit more to enhance the wino look. <laughs> you got to wonder if he takes a bottle of Ripple out and kind of splashes it on his <laughs> cheeks <laughs> before every game. Boone's Farm. Oh, the Boone's Farm. Oh, the Boone's. All right, kids. I think we're going to wrap up segment one. That should do it. Yep. Uh, football, football, football in segment two. Nothing yes. but football, college and pro. Segment three, we will have NASCAR, of course. Yep. And more golf else. news each and every week. It's golf news. So we got golf news, moment of silence, and a couple dumbasses. Yep. So, there we go. We're rolling a day later than normal, but it's Dave and I. Let's, are, let's let's get to the football because there, there's some monster topics out there that need to be dived into. That's right. Hang on for a quick promo, and we'll be right back. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. It's Thursday, August 18, 2022. This is Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And yes, we are a day late from normal, but we're still going to have this out on the day promised. As always, on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Plus, check out our Facebook page for all of our panel picks as we get rolling. Especially with football season kicking in here in the next week or two, we will start posting our football Dude, picks. that Facebook post is going to be nuts with baseball, NASCAR, football. Yeah. Of course, I'm scared to death that supposedly at the beginning of September, Facebook is officially switching over to Meta. So I don't know what that's going to do on our page, but... They'll probably put rainbows and unicorns on it by default. <laughs> The opposite of rainbows and unicorns is the tough, bloody NFL. Well, not now because it's preseason, but yeah, bumps and bruises and you paper know. cuts. Yep, <laughs> torn ACL here and there. Yep. Uh, Speaking of which, a torn meniscus and a bone bruise. Ouch! Knocks 
the Jets' Zach Wilson out, they're still saying two to four weeks. You and I discussed ah. this, Mike. I still don't think that's right. They're they're overly optimistic. This is a four to six weeker, kids. Don't let them fool you. Yeah, you better Jets fans out there. You better be prepared for Joe Flacco for at least That's week right. one, if not weeks one and two. Let Mrs. Robinson take care of him for a while. <laughs> Massage the leg. <laughs> oh, if you kids don't get that reference, you need to start looking at your internet more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. In other quarterback news, looks like I have heard today that Matt Rule is definitely going to go with Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback. <gasps> oh, I know. Shocker. Shocking to any of us, especially Dave. Not really. No, Dave, no. Sarcasm. Yeah. Again. No, the sarcasm. The great tool of the maestro. Sarcasm. Dave has always said Sam Darnold was a piece of crap. Back when he was he at was, USC. I wasn't a fan, yet Dave was adamantly, adamantly telling me Kev, he's going to be no good. He's at, not going to be college, good at all. In college, they had him hyped as a Heisman potential winner. And I said after three games watching him, no, he's awful. He's not going to amount to anything. Sure enough, he has not. And if this is true, and if Baker Mayfield, and we believe 100% this is true, the minute they made the trade. You knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield's not the be-all, end-all, but he's probably got more talent as a quarterback in his little pinky finger than Sam Darnold has in his big pinky finger between his legs and everywhere else. And this will probably end Sam Darnold's chances of ever starting the NFL again. Yeah, I imagine this relegates, him, this relegates him to the next eight years of being a backup. Yep. One of those lucky ones who's going to make a mint standing on the sidelines holding a clipboard yep not a bad not a bad not a gig bad if you gig. can get it nope so i don't know if this really helps the panthers in terms of making them a playoff contender i would say no no but they, the they've NFC got a lot weak. of they, they've got a lot of holes though period yeah and of course we have to worry about the china Christian mccaffrey actually getting through a full season yeah not to mention just through a practice when he's starting fights. Yeah, we don't want him to bruise his vagina. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to say that out loud. Um, uh. Now, of course, the big news that came down today involving quarterbacks was without an appeal. This was a negotiated Negoti final yeah. punishment for one Deshaun Watson. NFL and the NFL Players Association came to an agreement to what? Pretty much amounts to a slap on the wrist. Well, I know you've wanted a huge, huge year minimum. Yeah, and a heavier fine. This is a joke. He got off so damn easy. Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for 11 games. It's only going to cost him $632,500 in game checks this year because of that bullshit contract that the Browns signed him to. Yeah, because the fine, Despite again. the $5 million fee, fine, right? that he owes. Oh, he has to undergo a mandatory evaluation on his, for being a psycho nut job, and has to undergo any counseling thereafter. It's, it's, 
no. More issues are going to come up with this guy, and they are going to regret it. Well, I agree with you about the fine. I can live with 11 games in terms of a suspension. But the again, I thought the NFL would have found a way, would have found a way to screw the Browns. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying they deserve to get screwed on this because of the way they tried to circumvent the potential Everything. punishment that was coming. I would have liked to have seen a twenty to twenty-five million dollar fine minimum. Minimum, yeah, that would I have can been live, better. I can live with it. I'm okay I don't with love it. it. I can live with eleven mm-hmm. games because it'll screw the Browns for the entire season. He's not coming back for six games and making a difference. They're not making the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett. Yes, not Tyrod Taylor. I keep getting the two mixed up. Yeah, this time I got it right. Jacoby Brissett is not going to lead them to a decent record until game 12 and then Deshaun Watson comes riding in on a white horse or a white masseuse whatever whatever and come in in and overthrow his receivers of course now that the the suspension has been increased by five games now the rumors are starting up are they going to trade for Jimmy G will they to try to salvage the season are they going to try to bring in Jimmy G to run the team for the first Do 11 games? Do they really want to try and hose themselves that badly with what the Niners could rake them over the coals to get him? Well, this is an interesting situation because I understand what <laughs> your thinking is. I think both teams are at a grave disadvantage. This isn't a high leverage situation where one team has a massive advantage or both are in a position to negotiate with power. San Francisco's got to get rid of him, Jimmy G, to save some money, to clear some cap space. To save some The Browns, if they want to have any sort of a chance this season, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the guy. No. He's not. So this is both teams are in very weak positions where they might have to actually <laughs> come to, to terms with some kind of a deal where neither one gets screwed. Because there's no yeah. other team out there unless the 49ers are gonna make Jimmy G sit for the first couple weeks. Just to see. And wait to see if somebody loses a quarterback to a, a serious injury. That's the only negotiating tool that the 49ers have at their disposal right now. Yeah. Well, they also have to wait and see if the COVID is going to run through Seattle's quarterback room with Drew Locke now being out for a little bit with it. His second time having it. So we'll see how long it knocks him out for, for preseason stuff. Yeah. And of course, since we're taping on Thursday, instead of our usual Wednesday, Week two of the preseason is pretty much underway right now. It is. We may have to turn a certain game on in the background. Yes, because you mentioned Drew Locke. I do believe the Bears are playing the Seahawks this week. They are. So we might have a football update for you in segment three. Going with the Bears. Another wonderful week for the Chicago Bears. (laughs) Of course. First up. One of the few decent moves they made this offseason, seventh-round pick for Patriots wide receiver, young, promising, 
Nikhil Harry, Ugh. ankle surgery out at least eight weeks. Yep, that was a nasty-looking injury. Oh, that hurts the wide receiving core. Hurts it badly. Then, of course, we've got the ongoing saga with Roquan Smith. Yep. Where now we have some sort of a mystery agent. Oh, my God. Calling teams on behalf of Roquan. Yeah. Trying to negotiate trades. Yeah. Not a legitimate person by all accounts. The NFLPA had to send a memo out league-wide telling all the teams, we don't know who this person is. He is not registered with us. Do not talk to him. Do not give him any information. Do not negotiate with him. No, not at all, because scammers are out there, kids, and you never know what you're going to get. Now, of course, week one in the preseason, the Bears got a win over the Kansas City Chiefs, 19-14. to That just means our second string was better than their second string. Yeah, do not be fooled. It was 14 to nothing, Kansas City, when the players that mattered, the ones that did play, were on the field. So don't be fooled. No, and as feared, Justin was running for his life. Yeah. Didn't help matters that the field, Soldier Field's, Field was abysmal. Yep. Why? You know football season is coming. Why do you allow the soccer team from Chicago to play there after an Elton John concert? You knew this was coming. How the NFL signed off on that field is beyond me. It yeah. was atrocious. Yeah, the and, again the NFLPA, who I think I mentioned Soldier more Field in is this notorious episode. for having one of the right. bottom fields throughout the history of the NFL. They're always ranked at the bottom of field condition. And is it any wonder with the Parks Department taking care of it that they want to move to Arlington? Yeah, I think this just gives more power, more leverage to the Bears organization yeah. to pull that move off. Because one of Lightfoot's big things on the renovation, putting a dome or an opening roof is to allow more concerts and different things to take place there. If it's going to destroy the field for football, why? Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how that goes over the next couple of years. I still think they'll end up in Arlington. I do. Oh, yeah, it's it's a better move. Now, the one guy who I heard, I did watch the first half kind of out of the corner of my eye. The one guy who everybody seems to agree was the impressive one on the defensive end for the Bears was one Jaquan Brisker. Draft pick from this year, safety. Put him back there with Eddie Jackson. We might actually have a decent back end on our defense. Yep. A lot of young guys on the front later on in the game made a nice impact. So we'll see. As what you would happens. expect with a defensive coach, the defense looked a lot better than the offense. It's always gonna happen. And that's that's the Bears. Defense first. Always has been, always will be. 
of course, week one in the preseason featured yet another Baltimore Ravens win. Good grief. 21 straight preseason wins dating all the way back to 2015. I know it means nothing. No, I'm not but saying it's impressive. It's interesting. Very interesting. Now, what are the Vegas odds makers going to start doing yeah. with those games? Because you know at some point the inevitability is going to happen. And I know that the Ravens take pride in that streak and are going to do everything in their power to keep it going as long as they possibly can. But at the same time, they're going to keep their players healthy. If they don't need to play their starters, they're not going to. No. Now, that means they're going to go for go for it in different situations. Right. They're going to try and run up the score right. a little bit just to give themselves a little cushion. Yep. But why not? It's it's one of the better storylines we've got when it comes to preseason boring, football. stupid preseason football. Yeah. All right, one last note, and then we're going to get into the big discussion topic here for us. Yep. Chargers safety Derwin James. Oh boy. Becomes the highest paid safety. $76.4 million deal. Yep, four year extension. And we thought we were crazy with what we gave Eddie Jackson a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Good Lord. So we'll see if that Chargers defense plays up to its potential. With, now with Khalil Mack, with Bosa, and now with Derwin James. James. That should be a solid damn defense. That whole team is set to succeed right now, offensively, defensively. Dare I say, if Brandon Staley in his second year can actually get his head out of his ass and learn, learn how, to, how coach to coach in the fourth quarter, especially, because they lost a lot of close games at the end. For poor decisions by their coach. If he can get his head out of it. Now, we saw it with the Cincinnati Bengals. Zach Taylor all of a sudden became a world beater as a coach after yeah. failing miserably. So yeah. it can happen. I could see the Chargers winning that division. Yes, even yes. above and beyond the Chiefs. Yeah, if, the Chiefs are set to take a step back. Yep. And they just, I believe, had another injury to their wide receiver yeah. core. I think Which McCole was already, Hardman. yeah. Yeah, and they were piecing that together after they lost Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll see. But there's only so many passes you can throw to Travis Kelsey. Right. All right. Unfortunately, this is a topic that Ugh. we have to broach. We didn't We didn't want to put it in the dumbass segment. No. There's, there's too much going on with the Tlaib brothers. And the tragic loss of life. Of a peewee football coach, a kid's game that, by all accounts from witnesses, Akib Talib started the argument with the coach, threw a punch at him, and then his brother, Jakob, I guess you would pronounce it, pulls his gun and shoots the kid's football coach with all the kids standing there. There's no excuse for this type of behavior. There never should have been a fight at a peewee football game. 
What the hell is wrong with you people? And this isn't the Talib's first issue with gun violence. They've linked to a lot of shootings. Hell, 2016, Akib shot himself. If you remember back to that screwed up story that they finally found out what really happened. It's absolutely pathetic. When you get to be my age, late middle age, still stunningly handsome and charismatic, but late middle age nonetheless, you tend to be able to read people a little bit better than you did in your 20s and your 30s. And I do believe last year on this podcast, yes, we were talking about commentary in the booth, something completely and totally different than what Dave is talking about here with the violence involving Aqib Talib. You could tell, and I said to everybody out there, I said, I don't like him in the booth. He sounds like a thug. He doesn't sound like he can put two sentences together, yet they're propping him up acting like this is the type of guy they want for the future in broadcast booths because it represents what? The hip-hop culture, the rap culture, the youth of today? You you can't have him in the booth after this incident with him instigating the whole fight that led to this tragic death. He has got to be held accountable for his actions and that of his brother. Because his brother came out back in the day and said that they would defend each other no matter what growing up. And it's continued, and it's that that stupid mentality that they still have. Gangsta mentality. Yep. That needs to end. Oh, it's got to stop being it's... glorified in movies and music. I'm not saying censorship. That's not what I'm saying. But we people, you got to stop listening to this stuff and acting like it's the greatest thing in the world when you glorify the violence. You There's keep no using hateful words it. because you say certain people can use them and other people can't. That's stupid. That's a double standard. And it just incites more hatred. And you got to stop going violence. Especially, you don't draw a gun around kids. Oh, it's disgusting. Of course, we'll follow up on this when we get more information, when we see what charges are filed. Will Akib Tlaib be charged in any way, shape, or form for his involvement in this incident? He needs to be held accountable. Because if he wouldn't have started that and thrown a punch and started to get his ass handed to him by the coach, his brother wouldn't have been stupid enough to pull a gun. All right, one last little bit of news in the NFL concerning my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's excuse or his excused absence from training camp Looks like now it might go on longer than the August 20th date that head coach Todd Bowles initially said was going to be in place. Of course, we're in the dark. We don't really know what's going on with Tom Brady. But again, because they said this was pre-planned, right. 
they said that this was something that they knew was coming. It's not, it can't be something like a serious illness in the family with his wife, his kids, his parents. Speculation will run rampant. I still think he'll be he'll be there. He'll be fine. It'll be fine. He does not need at his age really anything to get going in terms of training camp, preseason work. No. I would actually hope that the Buccaneers use the time to find out if Kyle Trask who they drafted out of Florida a couple years yeah. ago. Is it going to be a viable be option? The heir apparent. Yeah. This is his time to shine. And then, of course, because he's the only active gay player in the NFL, we have to make a big deal about the fact the Buccaneers signed Carl Nassib. Good for them. Yeah. Once again, when, who we, stop, cares? when we stop pointing it out and it becomes normal, then it's all good. Then we're where we want to be as a society. That's right. When you have to point it out, you're still causing the issues. All right. Moving on to the NCAA. Yep. Do we start with the big money deal? That would be the Big Ten big money deal. Good God. And you wonder why Sinclair with CBS, is charging so much damn money. It's to help pay for the $7 billion TV deal between Fox, CBS, and NBC to the Big Ten to cover their sports for seven years. Yep, It's going to start in 2023, go through 2030. The final figure, I have heard it's floating between seven and possibly $8 billion. Yeah crazy that basically what they've tried to do is they're trying to pattern this setup for college football at least after the nfl sunday schedule they basically are looking at this as three big games over the three early afternoon late afternoon evening just like the nfl does with the one 415 820 yeah so they're trying to take advantage now of having UCLA and USC for those later prime time. Right. Games. The first year of the deal, 2023, will not include. No, but you're looking down the line to right. 2024 right. and beyond. Right. Now, it's interesting. They were reporting that between the fiscal year 2019 2020, the Big Ten distributed. Over $54 million to the schools. <laughs> I know what's coming. That is going to be in it. That's going to more than double each year with this deal. I read that by the time this deal peaks, each school total over the length of the deal, $1 billion per school. If you accumulate over the length of the deal, each school will end up making $1 billion out of this TV rights deal. And of course, NBC had to slip it in. They had to slip it in. They had to slide in there. Yep. Greased up up their little palm, put the glove on, and said, 
Peacock. Yep. Moon River Never. Peacock. So, of course, there are going to be games exclusively on Peacock as well. And no, as of right now, this does not affect the Notre Dame deal. That has nothing Dame to deal. do with the Notre Dame deal. That's still completely separate money. The only interesting thing I, 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 I wonder about this, though, and we're probably going to have a little bit of a spillover, so segment three will probably have some ancillary college football stuff that we won't get to here. But I want to give this enough time to discuss here at the end of segment two. The NBC game is supposed to be the night game on Saturday night. So does that mean that Notre Dame, no Notre Dame home game can be a night game and be televised on NBC? Peacock. So you think they're going to move the Big Ten game to Peacock or move Notre Dame to Peacock? Because Take you know they want they want to play a couple night games at Notre Dame. Oh, you they're know they going always do. to. I, I would not be surprised if the Big Ten get pushed to Peacock. Yeah, I can't see Notre Dame taking that. No. Speaking of Notre Dame, news is starting to come out of camp, and really not any of it is any good. Now you can take this as a positive, I guess. They do have their starting quarterback. Tyler Buckner has been declared the starter. Yep. However, he's going to have a very thin wide receiver core to deal with. Injuries are rearing up badly. One of the few returning players with some experience, Avery Davis, tore his ACL. Done. He is done for the year. And then the news came out today. Not shocking given how with the NIL deals and the transfer portal as wide open as it is, it's happening to a lot of schools, but Notre Dame has lost the overall number 24 prospect for the 2023 class defensive end. Keon Keeley is now out when it comes to coming to South Bend and playing for the Irish. Must have got a better, bigger deal elsewhere. How, how much did A&M pay him to go down there? <laughs> I have no idea where he's going. No, no I don't think he's committed to another he school. He hasn't yet. He just said. He, he just will, might have pulled out. He might be reevaluating other That sounds offers. like me in college. <laughs> I pulled out. I was a real reevaluating other offers. That's right. Sounds like a Saturday night at college for me. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, but do. He might wind up going back. You never know. He could. Again, with how they have made the rules so lax, so wide open, these kids can jump from port to port to port, school to school to school, get NIL money. And this is why we're hearing the rumors now starting up that the uh, chancellors of the big schools. Well, they're saying that the CFP committee could eventually step in and start running college football instead of the NCAA. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard rumblings that the the chancellors of the big schools are gearing up to meet to discuss that, to pull the football out of the NCAA and give it over to the CFP. And we, we've talked about that. We, we have we've talked about the coming. NCAA was weakening in terms of its power. Yep, they did not. They had ample opportunity 
to correct things and they failed miserably. Yeah, we knew it was only a matter of time. So our time is up for segment two. Segment three coming right up. Hang out for a quick promo and we will have NASCAR and some dumbasses for you. Are you having trouble falling asleep behind the wheel of your expensive SUV? Are you finding difficulty in avoiding golf clubs thrown at you by your angry wife as you pull out of the driveway? Sign up today for the Tiger Woods Driving School, sponsored by Sports Frenzy 2.0. We'll show you how to text ladies of the night while still driving effectively in the wee hours of the morning. We'll also teach you how to ditch a suspicious backpack when you end up driving into a ditch. Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, for updates on our latest classes, including how to curse and swear in front of uptight golf fans and their children and still be adored by millions. The Tiger Woods Driving School. It's great. All right, last segment. Time to wrap things up this week on a belated Sports Frenzy 2.0 here, August the 18th, 2022. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Couple last little nuggets to drop on you from college football. No, they're football. not rabbit nuggets. <laughs> They're not buffalo chips. No, these are actual interesting little uh, stories wrapping up college football. We talked about the coaches poll. Now the preseason AP poll came out this past week. Top five exactly Near the image. same as the coaches poll. Notre Dame still number five. I in both. don't know how they're in the top ten. The Hurricanes, Miami, moved up one spot in the AP. They're 16th as opposed to the 17th they got in the coaches' poll. Again, I think this is just indicative of the fact that college football does not interest me as much as the pros because of this kind of garbage. When you the polls should not agree, have a poll, you there should be no polls until three weeks into the season. This whole preseason ranking crap needs to end. It's the bullshit that is destroying the college game right now. Yeah, and you could say, well, what about the, the CFP poll? But again, they look at it a different way. They're not ranking the teams based on, to me at least, based on how well they've been playing. They, they rank those teams based on how their conferences, playing. big conferences. If it's a big conference team, they're going to get a bigger bump in that poll as opposed right. to a smaller mid-level team. Yeah, but which is sad because some of those mid-level conferences are tougher to play in than the big conferences. Let's face it, the SEC is kind of a joke. There's like four teams that are any damn good. Yeah, and... That brings me to my next point to wrap up college football. Mark Stoops, the football coach at Kentucky, <laughs> got pissed off at John Calipari, the basketball coach at Kentucky, recently, I believe at a media day, soiree, 
press conference, whatever it was, where John Calipari kept reiterating that Kentucky was a basketball school. Yeah, that that's the ego that that jack wagon has. But it buys into, it accentuates the point you just made. Kentucky is not one of those privileged top-tier teams no, they in are the not. SEC. They're the low end. But They're somehow, one of the doormats. Somehow, if they go... Six and two to start a season, they find their way into the top twenty-five. When you've got undefeated smaller schools out there like a Houston, who's playing in a more difficult conference overall. Just saying, this is the problem I have with college football. Yeah, I agree with you about the rankings. If you're not going to use the rankings to select a national champion like they did back in the day, you know, twenty, thirty years ago, whenever, then get rid of them. They're yep. pointless. I am old enough to remember the old AP UPI polls. My God. Split championships. Yep. Good Lord. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, glued to the TV with all the college games, with all the implications. Because they all matter. Who won, who lost. They all mattered. Not only did all the games matter, but running up the score mattered back in the day, more yep. so than it does now. Because yep. if you had a top matchup between two teams and you could pour on the points, more power to you. All right, moving on to golf. Yeah, we talked about uh, earlier with one of our favorite, quote-unquote, note sarcasm athletes, LeBron James and his contract extension. So, of course, we can't go through an entire episode without bringing up Tiger Woods. And his Ugh. rallying cry, his his meeting with all of the PGA players or the top-level PGA players before this weekend's, I believe it's the St. Jude yeah, championship, and, part of the FedEx playoffs. Yep, and Mr. Choke himself, Rory McIlroy, leading the charge, praising Tiger. Do you people not listen to Sports Frenzy? Have you not listened to what Dave and I have been telling you? Have you not paid attention to his career? Woods has taken so much money from over there, it's not even funny. He plays Dubai, or he used to, before he decided one too many car accidents was enough. Every year he would skip out on PGA Tour events to play in Dubai for more money. Why isn't anybody except us covering this? Why isn't anybody except us noting this about that lying scum dirtbag? And now he's a goddamn leader? Now he's the face of the PGA Tour in a good way, not just because he was the best golfer, but now he's the elder statesman. Yeah. He's the voice of reason, telling all these PGA Tour golfers, stay away from Liv. Because of the prestige and the history of the PGA Tour. Blah, blah, blah. If it mattered that damn much, why did you take so much of their money and play Dubai every year? Nobody talks about it. That's anywhere. something I can't understand. I, I, years oh, it ago. frustrates years the hell ago, out of me. Even before all this crap happened, years and years ago, I said, I've never had a love for Tiger Woods, but I pointed out years ago, I said, this guy, if he played more on the PGA Tour, would help bring up the popularity level even more than it already is yeah. when he plays. But he goes to Dubai, 
and he plays over there. He played for the money. And now the hypocrite is going to rip on the live tour golfers for doing the same thing he did. Oh, by the way, great meme out there I saw this week. There's a picture of Ricky Fowler and him in an SUV. Oh, is Ricky driving, I hope? With Tiger behind <laughs> no! the with, No! And, and the meme is is like, we're hoping Ricky says, Tiger, can I drive? <laughs> <laughs> Tiger, hand me the keys. Oh, God. Now, Patrick Reed, one of those guys that has jumped to the, the live tour, He's never been Mr. Popularity on the PGA Tour. Everybody no. has kind of said he's a brat. He's a whiner. Now he's won the Masters, so he's doing better than most of us. Yep. But he got fed up. He got fed up with the criticism, and he felt personal insults he was getting from the Golf Channel, and in particular, Brandel Chambly, one of their commentators. So Patrick Reed has filed a $750 million lawsuit for defamation. Good. Good for him. Because he is he is saying that the commentary from Golf Channel and Chambly are fueling the fire for these fans. And again, I don't understand why these goddamn golf fans act worse than fans at an NFL game. Or soccer for that damn matter. Reed is saying because of the stuff that's coming out of Golf Channel, these people are saying the most vile, nasty, hateful stuff to him. It's ridiculous. And he's trying to put an end to it. Now, and it's freaking golf. It's supposed to be a gentleman's sport. What the hell? Well, I, I It's I the society stand, we live in today. It. I couldn't stand the idiots. Screaming Baba Booey and get, get in the hole! Get in the hole! On a 600 yard par five drive. It's not the same as watching a Bears game or a Bucks game or a Dolphins game where you're screaming and yelling for the, the team to do well or booing the other team. This, like you said, it's a gentleman's game, supposedly. Not anymore. That shit's gone out the window. I wish they would stop condoning this behavior and stop letting these guys get liquored up as much as they do because that's part of the problem. Yeah. Ugh. No. You know what? Let it go, PGA. Let it go. All right, moving on to NASCAR. Our Richmond recap. First and foremost, poll went to Kyle Larson. Shockingly, based on how he had been running up until a few weeks ago, Kevin Harvick, they found something at Stuart Haas. They Kevin did. Harvick goes back to back and goes from being out of the playoffs two weeks ago to, to solidly now locked in. in. He's locked in now with back-to-back -back wins. Unbelievable. They, they looked left for dead all season. Yep. There was nothing to that team. But, yeah, they, they, they figured something out there. So we got two races left in the regular season. Right now, 15 different winners. Yep. One of those winners. Kurt Busch came out just this evening. Again, another bonus to us taping on a Thursday night. We get it. 
Kurt Busch will miss the final two races at Watkins Glen and Daytona in the regular season. Now, he's got to win, but if anybody else winds up with a win in these next two races based on the points where they're at, he's out. I think two. you have to have two different winners. You'd have to have a different winner at Watkins Glen and... Yeah, wait, what was... Uh... You, because he if 15 different winners, he he would still be in if there was only one different winner. If playoff-eligible drivers win for the first time this season in any of the next two races. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. Because, yep. again, they must have done the math, figured out he... Because he have to finish in the top 30 in points. Right. And have a win. And have a win. And he... He's plummeting because he's missed so many races. Yeah, but he's still there on the cusp. Yeah, that he can get healthy for the playoffs if nobody else wins. Yep. All right, racing news in terms of silly season stuff. People signing extensions. My favorite driver, again, note sarcasm. <laughs> Bubba Wallace has gotten a multi-year extension with 2311 Racing. When I did the solo show last week, I ranted and raved about his pathetic performance after Michigan when he lost to Kevin Harvick and how he basically took himself, Joey Logano, and our pick, Kyle Larson, out of the race with the dumbest fucking move I've seen in months on a NASCAR track. And then he wouldn't give Harvick any credit, wouldn't give credit to anybody else. It's all about me, me, me. Yes. He's not a very likable individual. Oh, he's a jackass. But he's got a multi-year extension. He's going to be around for a while. Yep. Blaney signs a long-term deal with Penske. He's going to stay there in that stable. Don't blame him. He's been given some decent equipment. It's solid. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's that's an easy yeah. call to re-sign him. Looks like Daniel Suarez is getting close to getting an extension with Trackhouse. Probably, again, something you should have seen coming, especially with the way Trackhouse has come together this year. Yeah, they are. They have become, They've become a force a to force be reckoned with. Right out of the gate with the win by each of the drivers. Come yeah. on. Trackhouse looks like they are... They're set they're, for the future. They're primed to really make a championship run over the next couple years. Yep. Noah Gregson will be full time in the Petty GMS number 42 next year, 2023. Yep. He's a hell of a driver going into inferior equipment. Hate to see it, but who knows? Maybe they'll find something. Yep, and even though people keep questioning the viability of NASCAR and the Cup Series in terms of does it have any chance to increase its fan base, to increase its viewership, I'll tell you what, if you want a charter to set up a team to get a car out there, the cost is now up to $20 million just to get the charter to be able to get in. That's not counting equipment costs. Driver cost, right. personnel cost, twenty million just, just to basically to buy in, punch your ticket in. Yeah. Yep. What was the old adage? How do you make a million bucks in racing? 
start with two. <laughs> yeah, I told you a couple months ago, I saw an interview with Denny Hamlin when uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was talking <clears throat> to him on uh, his podcast. They showed it during a rain delay. Yeah. And that's basically what Denny Hamlin was saying, you know, is now part owner of 2311 Racing. Now he knows what it's like. And you can tell, you can see money. the stress when they were talking about money and talking about trying him to find possibly, sponsorships and him possibly and... jumping over to 2311 as a third driver. And he yeah. said, no, 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 no. I will stay with Gibbs yeah. as long as I got FedEx and I got the setup I've got. I'm not going over to my own team. Yeah. I got enough to worry about with what I got over there right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's a huge worry. Which which makes it impressive that back in the day, Alan Kowicki was able to win a championship as the owner driver of a single car operation. Yep. Yep. Very, very impressive. Of course, just like so many other things in sports, you look back with fondness at the old days and things that were easier, less expensive. And it's all gone and it'll never, ever come back again. Nope. All right, so it's time to go bowling. No, we're not switching topics. <laughs> Race 25 of the NASCAR season coming up Sunday, August the 21st, is go bowling at the Glen. Of course, that would be the last regular season road course race at Watkins Glen. Up in New York. There you go. All right. We're running through the picks here, kids. We've got a couple of Elliots. Chase Elliott for the Maestro and Aaron. I am going with Martin Truex Jr. Bill, the Big Blue W, is going with Denny Hamlin. Mrs. C is going with Kevin Harvick. Nick, the Juggler, is going with Kyle Larson. And Doug is taking Mr. Chastain. So there you go. Yeah, of course, Doug tried to push the sports frenzy rules on me a little bit. Oh, did he now? Yes. Yes, because he initially picked Tyler Reddick, which, great pick. Would have been a great pick, but didn't he already have him on three? Uh, I don't believe so. No? no. Okay. No. Oh, he submitted a last-minute Not last-minute. He didn't wait to the last minute, but it was just interesting that a couple days after he told me Tyler Reddick, he said, can I change to Ross Chastain? He was well within, you know, the, the deadline. Again, we're screwed up because Wednesday night's a deadline, yeah. taping Thursday for once. But just interesting. So we'll see if that bites him in the ass or not. If Tyler Reddick ends up winning. Or finishing better. Because Doug is behind on points, has not made the cutoff for the playoffs, and he needs every point he can get. As does the Big Blue W, as do I. Yeah, Doug had not even picked Tyler Reddick at all this year. So he, he could have used him, he no problem at all. He could easily. Hmm. Yeah. But he burns his last Ross Chastain instead. A little bit of drama. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, kids. There's your NASCAR segment for the week. Of course, next week. Recap of Watkins Glen, as well as a look at the final race of the regular season from Daytona the on a Saturday shoot. night. 
a crapshoot on That's the super speedway. I am worried for you and Bill and Doug being in the precarious situations that you are. Yeah, I'm just just on the outside looking in. Yeah, and that's the thing. What was it two you, points to the negative? I think it's one. I think it's actually only one. It's one or no, two. two. No, you're right, two. Sorry. Two points to the negative. Two I points need, out. I need Truex to get me max points here, kids. Yeah, Bill is 17 points out. Doug is 23 points out. Sam has already bailed. He's quit. <laughs> he couldn't He couldn't stand it anymore. He thought he was too far out. So he, right he, now he was a decent chunk back. Yep. So it right was going to take a miracle and a half. Yeah. Out of the seven of us, four have qualified for the playoffs. Looks like those four are fairly safe. But the barring, other three we just mentioned, or yeah, barring a disaster, back to back disasters would not work no. for anybody, I think. All right. One moment of silence this week. We talked about the NCAA basketball tournament and how we used to watch it much more religiously with much more focus and intent than we do now. One of the reasons why, one of the great stories of the tournament was Princeton. Remember yeah. the, the slow down offense before this is going way this back. Is before to, the shot clock. Before they put the shot clock in NCAA basketball. Pete Carroll. Head coach at Princeton. As I recall, if memory serves, pulled off one of the biggest upsets in college basketball history, beating Georgetown using yep. the slowdown offense, sometimes called the four corners. Yep. Digger Phelps was famous for it at Notre Dame. Where basically, if you got a lead, you were playing a team that you thought was superior to you. You go into the slowdown four corners because you could hold the ball as long as you wanted and pass it around. You just you couldn't have it; it held in the backcourt. Right. That rule was still in effect. Right. You had to pass it around and break that that backcourt time limit. Yeah, you had to you had to cross center court, but then you could just pass it and ball control. Which is why the shot clock was instituted. Yep. All right. I actually have one that popped. It's unfortunate. FIU football player, Luke Knox, brother of Bill's Donovan Knox, passed away today at 22. No cause of death yet listed. It's heartbreaking. Somebody that young. Yep. So thoughts and prayers to the Knox family. Absolutely. Um, of course, we got to pivot. Got to pivot. So we go from sorrow to idiocy. Yeah. Not a, not a boatload of dumbasses this week, but a few that uh, definitely deserve their rightful place on this week's Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week. Now, this one's about a week old. The Pirates, Rodolfo Castro. This is the guy who slid into third base, and his phone came out of his pocket. <laughs> now, he could be a dumbass just for that. Just that, for that's, the look. Just for the look just of for that the old deal. of a baseball player having his damn phone <laughs> in his pants pocket during the game. 
But once you dive into the weeds on this, you realize he violated MLB's policy on electronic devices That's on the field. right, the whole cheating scandal thing. So not only did the dumbass have his phone with him as he's sliding around on third base, he gets a one-game suspension for violating said electronic device policy. Double dumbass. Double dumbass. And good for MLB for enforcing it. Well, they would have been hypocrites after what we saw years ago with the Astros yeah. and the Red Sox. You Banging know. on their drums all day. The Apple Watches. Well, right. And right. everything well, the else thing, in the world. Yeah, with Cora, you know, it's spread out now because all those players and coaches have dispersed. Yeah. But you now you've got to bring the hammer down on yeah, stuff like this. Yeah, you have to. All right. This just came out today. Dave, when I talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the most prestigious basketball franchises of all time, what names come to mind? Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just Shaquille O'Neal, O'Neal. right? Yeah. James Worthy. In March of 2023, boy, this is a dumbass move by the Lakers. I'm sorry. In March of 2023, the Lakers will be retiring number 16. Four? Anybody? 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 Pau Gasol. <laughs> what? The Lakers are retiring number 16 in tribute to Pau Gasol. Why? This has got to be, this has got to be, if not the Why? dumbest in any sport. Ring of Honor, retiring letters, numbers, no, whatever. That's, no, that's stupid. How the hell does Pau Gasol warrant his number getting he retired. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's happening. That's a joke. Buy your tickets for March 2023 right now, Lakers fans. Paul Gasol night. That's dumb. <laughs> Sorry, that's, no, a, that's, that's a dumbass move. No, he is not deserving of having his number retired. No. Yeah. Just no. Now, speaking of people being honored, We all know how much I love, for the fifth time tonight, note sarcasm, Deion Sanders. Well, Deion Sanders has decided, here we're talking about Pau Gasol getting his number retired and how he's not worthy, no pun intended, Lakers fans. Deion Sanders, big mouth, blabbermouth, asswipe that he is, has decided that, well, He's an elite-level Hall of Famer. Since when? He thinks there should be an upper room put in at Canton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for people like him. Because he's thinking now they're diluting the Hall of Fame with the current crop of people they're putting in. So Dion, Mr. Humility, Mr. Humble... Says, well, there needs to be an upper room for people like me in the Hall of Fame. Uh, no. Because I don't belong with these other heads. That's his quote. Direct quote. I don't belong with these other heads 
in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <clears throat> when are you You're people right. going to realize he You're is right. the biggest jackass to ever play? Not only overrated, he's a legend in his own mind. He took plays off. Him and Randy Moss, they both admitted they took plays off. They did yeah, not play 100%. They did not play to their full potential. And now Dion says, I'm better than the other Hall of Famers? No. You need to pull your head out of your own ass, Dion. Shut up and coach your college team. I would love to hear this arrogant prick's list of who he would allow in into his the quote-unquote upper room with him. Who oh would be worthy God. and who would... Goddamn Skippy, I know he wouldn't let any of the current class in. If I think the current class is weak, oh my God, Dion must just look down at them with pity and scorn from his mountain up there, you know, with all the football gods. From his window seat on the plane of doom? Yeah, yeah, I could see him being on there eventually. He's, He's moving up the manifest list there, kids. Yeah. And again, I've never liked him. No, no. Always thought he was an overrated another, another time I will toot my own horn like Akeem Talib and say, I told you kids about Deion Sanders years and years ago. Maybe not on this podcast, but the Conquistador will attest to it. Yep, never a fan. He was always overrated. Always arrogant. He was a mercenary. He was basically LeBron James of football is what he was. That's He moved from winner right. to winner wherever he could get a ring and get the most publicity and TV time. Yeah. Falcons, he Cowboys, was, 49ers. He was opportunistic. Damn lucky. All right. I think that's it. That's it. Stay tuned. Coming up this weekend, Saturday morning, the weekend edition. We have the stadium tour recap for you. We will review the black phone. I've got a book review. So we'll tell you what to watch, what to listen to, what to read, what to stay away from. That will be coming up Saturday morning, August the 20th. Thanks for giving us a little bit of a break here. Again, life happens. We will start posting short bonus episodes to keep you satisfied if we're running late. Hopefully that won't happen very often, but life happens. There's an obligation we feel. We will try to take care of you kids as best we can. That's right. All right. So again, check out the weekend edition is coming Saturday morning for Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Black Phone. Collective Soul. Yep. My review of Old Man Season 1. There we go. All right. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. Again, glad to have you with us, kids. Check us out next week. Don't forget the weekend edition. See ya.